My name's Kate, and I'm happy to be here. And you're listening to the podcast. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. And you're listening to the podcast. Happy to be here. Hi guys, hello, my name's Kate and I'm happy to be here and you're listening to the podcast, happy to be here. How are we doing? How are we feeling? Are we feeling okay? Feeling not so okay? Well, regardless of how we're feeling, we'll do our usual deep breath in. So we'll do a four count in, we'll hold it, and then we'll do a four count out. So, and then we'll exhale. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I'm just so happy to be here in general. Always happy to record. Um, We are recording right now in December. December is just fucking flying by. It is just zooming through. November went really quick too for me. And I don't even know what season we're in. Sagittarius season? No? Virgo season still? Is there a Virgo December? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I never know anything. I never know anything. But but yeah, I have a wonderful returning guest on the show with me here today. They are a happy to be here OG guest all the way back from season one. And they're a Virgo, a law graduate, an iconic drag performer, and they're happy to be here. Welcome back to the show, Cairo Ali. How are you? Hey, 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 hey. I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me once again. Like I said, season one all the way to season five. Love it. Love it, love it. Thriving and queer. I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, We were just talking before we recorded about how, like, you know, it's so lame. We have to have, like, jobs to live. So, you know, still struggling with being a student to now just, like, working until I die. So... Oh, literally, literally. This is the thing as well. I was saying the other day is mm-hmm. that um, when I was a student, I was like, oh, I can't wait to get out of college or school or uni and, you know, go out there. I was like so excited for having freedom. Mm-hmm. Anyone listening who's a student, it doesn't get better. <laughs> it doesn't, like, you think that you're going to leave and you're going to get like this big job. Like you might do. And that happens with some people. But my experience personally is that like, I kind of miss being a student a little bit. I kind of miss mm-hmm. the student life a tiny bit. Like, yeah, I just... And then, like, when I was um, in uni, I missed when I was in, like, high school. And then when I was in high school, I missed when I was in primary school. And then when I was in primary school, I missed when I was in nursery. And then I missed when I was a baby. So life, like you said in the beginning, life is going very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. We're already in December of 2023. I cannot believe it's going to be 2024 in less than a month. Like, it doesn't seem that long ago uh, when we were all locked inside. Like, mm. Yeah, and it's weird, too. Like, I always say this. I'm like, oh, 2020, whatever, doesn't seem like a real year. Like, 2024 does not seem like a real year to me. Like, I'm like, what? Literally. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what's that even going to look like? 2023 was pretty good. But, yeah, it's also weird, too, getting older and, like, just because we've lived so much life, like holidays and birthdays don't feel the same as when we were younger. Like it just felt like Christmas took so long and now I'm like, oh, it's just another Christmas or, oh, it's just another like birth. Like it doesn't feel as impactful anymore just because we've lived more life, which is just weird to think about too. Uh-huh, literally like before you used to be excited for Christmas and birthday and now I'm like, it can wait. It can wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm let's roll it back. <laughs> literally. Um, but yeah, I guess that's just kind of the the life of kind of adulting and, you know, finding your way. I think we're both, mm-hmm. you're early 20s, right? Yes, I'm 20. Well, actually, I guess like I'm mid-20s now. I'm like 25, so... Oh no, that's wait, that's that's a lie. I'm literally (laughs) I'm literally I did, I just lied on the air. Um I do that all the time. Accident I had a group of middle schoolers at my job ask me how old I was and I said 23 and I said that's not true. I literally immediately was like, that's literally like my brain just wants me to be 23. I'm 26. All right, I'm 24. So I feel like we're at the age where it's like Still kind of finding ourselves, finding our feet. I mean, yeah. I made it sound really kind of bad earlier when I was like, it doesn't get better. <laughs> it's both for some people. You just have to find yourself. And I think yeah. people um, take life differently. Some people are happy as soon as they leave university and they find their dream job and everything. 
I've said before when we were having a conversation before we started recording, I'm in a million eras. Like I've worked so many jobs. <laughs> I've like even in university, mm -hmm. I've so many different modules and like different subjects and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's kind of just like finding yourself. That's where I'm at at the minute. I'm like, I want to go back and listen to the other interviews we've done because I want to mm. listen as far as that then. But um, yeah, it's just kind of like just finding your footing. I feel like it's a common thing in the, the early 20s is we're a bit like, you know, what do we do? But how about you? How are you finding it um, working full time now? It's It's been hard. I think it's been, it's weird because I've been working since I was 16 and not to be like, you know, have a fucking, what's the term? <laughs> not to be like, I've worked so much, but like I've been working since I've been 16. So I had thought that like the adjustment wouldn't be as hard but like there is such a mental difference between working 20 hours a week and working 40 hours a week like you just have so much less free time so that's been difficult for me but i feel like i'm starting to get like okay with it now like when i first started i would like come home from work and i'd be like oh my god i have like five hours before i have to go to sleep or like five or six hours like that's nothing like that's no free and i just spent eight hours at my job you know every day but but i was gonna say too like when you were talking to about like how things do get better like I do think that I'm much happier now with who I am than I was when I was 18, just because I've like found myself and stuff. Like, yeah. do you feel like you're happier now or do you think you were happier when you were younger? It's different because I feel like mm -hmm. at different age, at uh, different ages, you have kind of different issues and problems. Mm -hmm. Like right now, like my main thing is I want to do, do drag full time or do something creative, but mm -hmm. I've, I'm, I graduated in law, I'm now working in a law firm. And it's just like, oh, it's not really fulfilling. Whereas like, um, maybe when I was like 18 or in my teens, like I was having this whole crisis about like sexuality and gender and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, it's it's like, I don't know, to be honest. It's kind of like, as you get older, different issues and different problems always arise. I think it's just a normal thing, kind of like you said, <laughs> growing up and getting older. Um, because there are things that kind of really affected me as a teen that now is just like, yeah. But then there's issues yeah. I never had as a teen that have now popped up. Um, so yeah, it, it's kind of, it's different. It's, it's um, I don't know if it's like better or if it's just kind of a different kind of circumstance or situation altogether um, from mm. when I was a, a teen. Because, you know, it's one thing being like, oh, I wish I was a teen again. But then thinking back, I'm like, but was my teen years very good? I don't know. <laughs> it's weird because, like, I agree with that, too. Like, I think I like looking back, I had no problems when I was like 16 years old. But at the time, it felt like mm -hmm. everything to me. And obviously, I was having like issues with mental health and stuff. But like now it's like. I have like adult problems that are just different than like, like you said, identity issues and stuff. Like I feel really lucky I've like figured out who I am, but now I have like these different problems and not that one is better than the other, but it is, I feel like the adult problems I have now, like insurance or like blah, blah, blah is very crucial to like, like surviving. I don't know. I feel like more of like, wow, I really have to take care of myself. Cause like as a teen, if you're really lucky, you know, unfortunate, you have like people who support you, you're living in stable housing, et cetera. And then as an adult, it's like, you have to support yourself financially. And so I think there's more pressure of like, wow, like I really have to like live now, or maybe that's just my perception of it, but yeah, 100%. And there's some people who kind of get to the adulting stage and they're completely fine. But then down mm -hmm. the line, they might have those kind of issues we had as a teenager. Some people might discover themselves or mm. things like that. It's like, yeah, there's not really like a guide on life. But, you know, we just take it one step at a time and yeah. just see how it goes, to be honest. That's yeah. kind of what I'm trying to do now. I try not to, before I try to plan everything out, like, okay, mm. job at this time and then this at this age and this and that age. And life just doesn't work like that. You just kind of have to take it as it comes because something will yeah. pop up something won't pop up and then takes you down a different route or avenue so. yeah I think COVID too really like I used to do the same thing I used to have like a plan like I would do this then I would go this then I would do this and I had my next few years mapped out and then COVID just kind of fucked up my whole thing and I was like damn like I 
I don't know. Now it's like my future is more uncertain, which makes me anxious. But it's also like, I think it's more freeing in a way too to be like, I, you know, may go to New York. I may stay here. Like it just, it's very up in the air. And I think that can be kind of liberating while it's also scary, you know? Yeah. Yeah, literally. And I think the thing about growing up as well is that you're like your interests change and like the things you like change. And so, you know, you might think you really want something and plan it all out when you're like 16. But by the time you get to 21, you're like, oh, why did I do that? Why did I pick that? Like, for example, when I was like 16, 17, when I was choosing what I wanted to do for university, I just kind of went with law because I wasn't really... Growing up, I wasn't really much of a creative person, to be honest. Like, I didn't get into kind of art or makeup or performance until, like, later on. Um, I was a bit boring as a child. And so I was like, yeah, I'll do law. Then I'll get, like, a nine-to-five, earn all the money, and then I'll be fine. And then a few years later, I rediscovered this kind of, like, artistic side that I really liked. And then I mm-hmm. discovered Drag Race and Drag Queens and then makeup. And then I got into all that. And it's just like, ah. You, you never know, to be honest. People's likes and things change. And yeah, like I said, just one day at a time. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of change, there's somebody's, you know, life that's been very in the public eye recently that's been changing quite a bit. And I wanted to talk about it because it's so funny to me personally. Um, so you're familiar with George Santos, correct? Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> I love my <laughs> your notes. <laughs> me, like literally with my outline next to me. Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, George Santos is the United States representative for the third district of New York. Um, and they're actually didn't know this before I started doing research. He became the first openly LGBTQ member elected to Congress as a non-incumbent Republican, non-incumbent whatever, Republican. Um, And so big change for him. He was expelled from Congress on December 1st, 2023, um, making Santos the sixth person to be expelled in the history (laughs) of the House of Representatives, which is so fucking funny to me. Um, And he was like charged with so much um, stuff. That's why he was expelled from Congress. And I literally have a list. And it's so funny too. I feel like we have talked about how my government in the United States is so fucked up before, like on our past mm-hmm. episodes. And so, so yeah. funny. And cause we were going to record together today. And I was like, this is just like literally like the cherry on top of the cake of like how funny the United States government can be because this person lied about literally everything about who they were. They had said that their mother like was in the United States at one point. And then literally they found out that she was. And then he lied about being Jewish. He's just lied about like his degree from university. And he's literally, are you so ready? I have a huge list for you of everything he's been charged with. Hit me. Hit me. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) One count of conspiracy to commit offenses against United States, two counts of wire fraud, two counts of making materially false statements to the Federal Election Commission, FEC, two counts of falsifying records submitted to obstruct the FEC, two counts of aggravated identity theft, one count of access device fraud, seven counts of wire fraud. Three counts of money laundering, one count of theft of public funds, two counts of making materially false statements to United States House of Representatives that were charged in the original indictment. So he is the epitome of be gay, do crime. (laughs) Like truly bonkers. Crazy, crazy. I had not heard of George Santos until the drag thing came around. Now, I feel like, I don't know if this is correct, but... I think he was one of the politicians who was saying that uh, drag is really bad and it shouldn't be around children and it needs to be censored and all of this that's currently going on in the US. It goes on in the UK too. I think it's going on everywhere, which is awful. But, yeah. um, so, and then someone on like Twitter had been like, this you, and it was him in drag. I think his drag name was like Katara or something like that. And that was the first I ever heard about him until this came along. Uh, it's, oof, it's, hmm. Yeah. And the he thing has, is, yeah, queer people. <laughs> I mean, he's not the best queer person. He's probably one of the worst, actually. But like, they love to make an exit as well because I had seen his kind of exit interview, and it, he was like, "They're sending me home tonight." 
like he's on Big Brother or Drag Race or something. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, the the inner queer is coming out. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, Antu, when he was questioned about him wearing drag in Brazil, he said this. It's literally, oh my God, it makes me laugh so much. The way he delivers it too. He's like, no, I was not a drag queen in Brazil, guys. I was young and had fun at a festival. Sue me for having a life. <laughs> <laughs> so sassy. He's very he, sassy. Um, he's so sassy. He makes me literally. He's horrible. Like truly horrible. Like mm. he said some stuff about immigration. I'm sure other. Like he's just not good. Um. Also, just yeah, just not good. But he also makes me laugh. Like he just does. And like you said, like the queer thing, just making an exit. He like stood up in front of Congress. He was like, to set the record straight. Like, I am not resigning. It's like, okay. <laughs> Just so funny it's, to me. It's too much. And I think I saw like a thread on Twitter of like, thread of George Santos lying. And I was like, oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. It's, it's uh, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a common thing with politicians though. They like to lie a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like... I just, I just don't trust any of them. Like, I really don't. And not in a Republican paranoid way and, like, a liberal, like, I don't trust you way. Because, um, I don't know. I just, uh, it's just dicey. And, to I'm sure in the, United, in the United Kingdom, you guys have your issues for sure. But I just, you know, we got all these fucking old dudes who are just nearing the grave with these views that are just not for the people. It's just rough out here. And this is a great example of somebody who should never have been elected uh, to Congress. And now they're not anymore and making fucking cameos on the internet. Oh, I did see that as well, actually. I did see that. Yeah. I, someone requested something really funny. It went viral on Twitter. But I did see that. That mm-hmm. is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I feel like maybe there should be a thing, like a line between like, because a lot of politicians want to be like reality stars. This is happening in the UK right now as well. We have a competition yeah. show called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard of it. Oh, um, I think I have heard of... Oh, I didn't know that was just the, the United... Is Was Trisha Paytas on that show or was that a different... Was she in Big Brother? She might... I think there was a US and like an Australian version at one point. But um, it, it was... So she might have been on one of those. Um, but there's currently a guy in there called Nigel Farage who was a part of the UKIP party, which is the UK Independence Party, which is like the most racist, far-right, <sighs> conservative party. And he's now gone into I'm a Celebrity. He was paid, I think, 1.5 million, which was the most out of anyone in like 20 seasons. And it's the final today and he's still in. People are voting to keep him in because they like him so much. And I'm like, oh my God. It's <laughs> And like, this is a thing that's, I think it's happening because um, Amorosa is on House of Villains at the minute, isn't she? Um, I think. I think so. And like, obviously you had Donald Trump who was on The Apprentice. There is this line now between politicians and like reality stars or celebrities. And I feel like it needs to be distinguished. Like they need to ban politicians from wanting to be celebrities or trying to go on these reality shows. Because it's just, to me, when they do that as well, especially when they're still in office, it kind of just gives that they're doing it more so for like, I don't want to say clout, but like... No, I get what you're saying. All the people they're representing, they're doing it more so just to be famous. And I hate it. And it's a common thing. I've seen it a lot in the UK, but I think it's a common thing in the US as well. Well, definitely Mm -hmm. with Rob. And so like, it's, yeah, I hate it. I feel like there needs to be something. Like, I don't know if politicians have contracts or something, but we need to ban them from crossing that round. It really annoys me, really annoys me. I will be watching Mm -hmm. the final. I'm not voting for him, but like literally me, like I fucking hate Santos, but I will fucking watch everything he's done, like a hundred percent. Um, no, I totally agree. I think it's just a weird time in politics too, because with social media and like reality TV, like they can do all this stuff. For me, it's like I do not want my politicians trying to be like funny and do silly stuff. Like I want you to like pass laws that like support me and the people that I love and care about and people around the world too. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just a dire time. But I, when I was watching all these videos, cause they're all over my fucking for you page, there was this person who was talking about Santos and I was reading the comments and it was like, the comment was something like, well, you know, 
we don't pick the icons like they pick themselves. And I thought that was interesting because I feel like mixed about that. Like I feel like a lot of queer icons become that way because we just like love them and that's how they become icons. And so what we're here to talk about today is we're here to talk about our queer icons, like people who we think are just iconic in general. And yeah, so we're gonna like share a little list yes. and like rank our queer icons. And you are so wonderful and sweet. You had like different categories and I'm yeah. really here for that. <laughs> I'm really like, here for that. Get down into different, different like group. But yeah, I like rank them into like queer musicians who inspire me, queer drag artists, mm -hmm. um, queer, what else did I put? I think I put like reality stars and like actresses or actors. Slay. Um, music. And not all these people are actually queer, but this is a thing as well as like a lot of queer icons are not queer. Um, like Britney Spears. Literally, literally. And so, um, yeah, I've also, I don't know if you've noticed this and I don't know if it's just like my For You page or like my Twitter, mm. but I'm noticing that there's this uprise of like, queer people making like homophobic or transphobic people queer icons have you seen that <laughs> I, yeah and i feel like that's part of the santos stuff is like he's kind of like i think has internalized homophobia especially if he's against drag and all this stuff like i don't know he just doesn't seem like he's for the girls and um i just think it's interesting i feel like it's like becomes almost like a camp form of like hate i don't know yeah, if that makes sense I, like when they make these people icons but yeah. it's not, I don't know. That's, it's interesting. Like, uh, who's that one guy who makes those terrible no, videos? Since, like 2020, to be honest. Maybe since lockdown, everyone was bored. And like, no. <laughs> like Christian Walker. Like Christian, do you know yeah. who Christian Walker is? Like, yeah. that's a good example. Like, he's just like, oh man. He's got a lot going yeah. on. That was a lady. Okay, no, I, I did support this. So she, um, <laughs> she was, she was in the States and she was, I think she was in the airport and she, <laughs> she was, um, I don't know where this started, like what started with it, but she started kind of like arguing with these, I, th I assume they were queer, um, people and then just started like shouting slurs and stuff. And then like saying she was going to like blow them up and things like that. Um, <laughs> and then for some reason, like gay Twitter found her and made her famous. And then she did this whole video of being like, I didn't mean it. They were just annoying me. <laughs> I was like, that is camp, actually. I like that. <laughs> and then I, I don't know what she's doing now. I haven't seen her since like 2021 on my Twitter or anything. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, she was made like a gay icon despite being like violently homophobic. But um, yeah, I was like, I don't know. I just thought it was quite camp, to be honest. Very, very camp um, that she came yeah. up with. I'm like, guys, I'm not homophobic. And I support <laughs> all the queer people supporting me. <laughs> like a pride flag she just bought with the creases still in it, like behind her, like, guys, like, I promise, like, I love you, like, something like that. YouTube, like, I think if you type in, like, homophobic woman at airport argues <laughs> with guys or something, I think it will come up. Um, but yeah, she had a whole, I think she released, like, a song with, like, a queer artist at one point. Oh yeah. my God. But That's I insane. And I can't remember her name. Um, and she was on Cameo as well for a little bit. <laughs> I love it. I love like just campy things. I'm trying to teach my girlfriend what camp means. And mm -hmm. she's getting there. Um, she's getting there. But like, that's just so, that's just so iconic. Well, so who's number one on your list? I will start off with, because I do drag, drag queen. I'm going to mm -hmm. start off with like the drag queer icons to me. Mm -hmm. Um I'm not going to say RuPaul because RuPaul's coming a bit later, but my two that I've listed are Bob the Drag Queen from season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race. And mm -hmm. then also a bit lesser known, but should be, should have millions of followers is Giselle Barbie Royale. Um, mm. Are you with her? I don't think so, but I'm definitely going to look her up after this. She went viral. She's gone viral a few times. She was on a show called Queen of the Universe as well, which I was in the audience of, which is very, very camp. You can see me in the audience. I was at the front. It's so funny. Um, but she's an opera singer. She won Miss Continental, which is like a huge drag uh, pageant. And then she also won 
$12,000 US dollars for her face in a competition. Oh my uh, gosh. That's yeah, so fucking slay. She can sing, dance, everything. Um, and I just love it because she's a trans woman, but she is like, she's so stunning. And like, she won $12,000 for like her face, her body, and everything. And wow. I just love that. I love that, especially in these kind of political times where mm-hmm. trans people are being labeled as all sorts of crazy things by people like George Santos. And um, the way she's just talented in every single category. She's mm-hmm. unapologetically herself and she's been rewarded for just being beautiful. Like, I love that. I'm a huge fan of her. She did go viral for a little like titty um, jiggle thing. On Slime. It goes viral on like Twitter and Facebook every few months. I love it. And then I went with Bob the Drag Queen for my queer kind of drag icon because Bob the Drag Queen is kind of everything I kind of want to go into, like is doing mm-hmm. well and everything I want to go into. So Bob the Drag Queen, one drag race. I would love to do that. Bob the Drag Queen yeah. has a makeup line. I want to do that. Bob the Drag Queen raps. I want to do that. Bob the Drag mm-hmm. Queen is also really political as well. Mm-hmm. But doesn't take themselves too seriously. And um, yeah, I just love that. They always do like, the thing I love the most about them, you have to follow Bob the Drag Queen on uh, TikTok because they go on debate TikTok. I don't know if you've seen it before. Um, I think so. I've watched their videos and I love their podcasts with their other, um, I can't remember that their person's name. Ooh, this is like a I, whole like realm of TikTok debate. I just TikTok. saw a clip. Oh, debate TikTok. No, I haven't seen debate TikTok. I don't think it's usually like far right people. They have like a note sat behind them, and it would be like, "Oh, abortion should be illegal. Trans people." Should oh, be like on live. Yeah. Oh, I have. I've unfortunately seen a lot of these. Yeah. So Bob the drag queen will join those and just effortlessly shut them down effortlessly the way they speak the way they kind of use the tone of their voice the words they use it's just so effortlessly like amazing Mm -hmm. the way they shut these far right people down it's amazing and I want to be like that like I'm still learning how to kind of you know sometimes when I don't know if this is a queer thing or just like a me thing but sometimes when I'm like in a situation of like conflict or debate I tend to like I know what I want to say but I can't like vocalize it for some reason Mm -hmm. and the way she can just do that any given moment she could be off guard and she will still kind of shut you down immediately i think that's just amazing um they're currently touring with madonna which is amazing fucking slay i didn't know that oh yeah so madonna's doing the world tour at the minute and they are like Mm -hmm. the opening act for them um yeah stunning the way they carry themselves is just perfection for me so that's my first two wow that's so good well mine i'll do my first two so gloria anzaldua a lesbian they're a chicana feminist cultural theory and queer theory scholar so they're just like very like just intelligent and i read a book from them such a long time ago uh called uh code it was about code switching and it was so good like they wrote in english and in spanish and they did that to like displace the western like english speaker to show you like what it's like when you don't understand a language like so much of the book is in Spanish and like I didn't really speak Spanish fluently so I had to go and like look stuff up to like understand the text so I thought that was really cool and when I read this memoir this summer lesbian love story I actually had the author on my podcast and there's a whole chapter dedicated to Gloria Anzaldúa and I didn't know this I think you're gonna love this too they used to throw Libra parties because they're oh, a Libra. Cam. I know. I know. So they're just like a cool person. And I think they're just really smart. And they wrote like another book with their friend that they were trying to get published for so long. And I think they're just really an iconic lesbian. And I'm obsessed with them. I think they're so cool. Uh, another. Okay. This one is like a no fucking brainer. My number two is Lady Gaga. Like I just, just so iconic. Like it's crazy. It's almost insane. I think the level of like theater, um, costume, music, um, just always, I feel like supporting the queer community. Mm-hmm. She's also queer herself. Like it's just like crazy. Like Lady Gaga is just like, I feel like embodies the queer community and she's also outspoken about like social issues. I feel like maybe not so much recently, but I don't know. I feel like she's always been 
Like, I remember there's this interview where this person's asking her if she's trans. And she's like, what if I was? Like, that's none of your business. I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. because when Lady Gaga first, like, come onto the scene, um, I don't know if this was, like, a rumor everywhere, but everyone said Lady Gaga was trans. That's, like, I think it was, like, the poker face, just dance era. Everyone Yeah. was saying it. I don't know why. And like you said, absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I'm so glad because that interview as well was during that time as well. It wasn't like a recent interview. It was like 2008 or nine or something. Yeah, And it was an old one. with that attitude is, yeah, icon. Icon. Oh, love her. Who's next on your list? So next up, also going back to the Libra party, Yeah. off my chest, why is there so much Virgo slander? Because I have seen <laughs> J-Lo is firing everyone who is a Virgo in her team. And I don't She know. is? Yeah, I think when she was touring or some sort of production she was working on, she fired everyone who was a Virgo. That's so fucking funny, actually. I don't think legally is. <laughs> No, like, that's I don't think definitely legally illegal, is. like 100%. Well, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't like Virgo men whatsoever. My mm hmm dad and my brother are bro, both Virgo men, so I have very extensive experience with them. And they always have to be right, blah, blah, blah. But Virgo women and non-men, I love with my whole heart because you guys are always so organized. I think you're creative too in a way that I don't think you get credit for, like other signs. Um, like Taurus, I feel like always gets all the creativity, like praise, but I do think you guys are creative too. Um, I also think you guys are just really good at speaking. Uh, like Davida, one of my best friends is a Virgo, and she's always um, very eloquent when she speaks. She has her own podcast. I feel like, though, with you guys, like, my experience is you're kind of emotionally avoidant a little bit. I don't know if that's your experience, but I feel like you guys are like my Davida. I will, I will not go to Vida if I need, like, comfort and, like, care. She really will give me the harsh, like, here's what you need to hear, bitch, like, like, truth. And sometimes I don't want that. So I go to her for very specific emotional needs. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And quickly, the thing with Virgos as well, it's kind of weird because I actually don't like other Virgos myself. But, well, Really? in, I don't really know many Virgos. I think in a relationship setting. So I don't really know many Virgos that are close friends of mine. Oh, there's one. There's one. One of my best friends in university. But um, the other Virgo I knew was someone I dated for a while. And it just didn't. I don't know if two Virgos just clash. but it did not work out. I don't know. I need to read Yeah. more into it. But um, in a romantic setting, I can agree Virgos are very difficult. <laughs> very difficult. Yeah. I've dated one of you guys before and it was fine. It was, it wasn't, I shouldn't say that. She was a nice girl, but interesting mixed bag, I'd say. Men, Virgo men, I don't fuck with, but it's so funny that Jayla did that. I fucking, that's so fucking funny. It's insane, insane. Okay, so my next <laughs> uh, set, I went into like queer music. Now, Slime. I have three for this one. So I started off with Beyonce. Now, if someone had asked me like prior to 2021, I probably wouldn't have put Beyonce there. But the Renaissance album was just, it was amazing, amazing. It is basically like a queer soundtrack. I actually Mm went to see the film um, not long ago. And... hmm It's so good. I have a bad attention span and I was glued to it and it's a three hour long film. Yeah. And Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. it's three hours long. I went at seven, nearly came out nearly 11. Like it was crazy because um, of the ads and stuff. But it, I was glued to it the whole time. And it like, it was good because it humanized her. It also spoke a lot about um, her uncle Johnny as well, who kind of, when she was like a child she grew up with she didn't grow up with um, uncle johnny because he was a lot older but she was always listening to his music and he was queer um involved with the ballroom scene and so that was kind of what inspired her album and um i mean you hear it a lot like the album has big frida on it it has ts madison it has a bunch of like queer people involved with it but it's also inspired by a lot of queer people as well um And so, yeah, the album is a masterpiece, a masterpiece. It's, there is, 
two albums. I'm not going to say the other album because it's so embarrassing. But this is one of the <laughs> albums that I can listen to front to the end. No skips at all. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it's amazing. Jay-Z as well um, has also spoken a lot because Jay-Z's mother was queer. So mm-hmm. um, it's crazy. Like Beyonce and Jay-Z are like queer icons to me. Um, yeah. And the music's great as well. So yeah, shout out to the Carters. They're just, yeah, love it. And yeah. then I also have, and this uh, also relates recently when I found out, but um, Winnie Houston. I had no idea. Well, I did know. I had known because I had seen like tidbits, but I think the Whitney Houston film, which came out, yeah. I think last year or it might have been a few months ago, it might have been this year. Um, but they went into detail about her relationships. And um, I had no idea. She dated a woman for a really, really long time. And the only yeah. reason it kind of broke down was kind of because she was getting this fame and it was kind of, it was seen as frowned upon by everyone around her. So she kind of had to move on, um, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But I had no idea about that. But also, like, disregarding that, say if I didn't know that, I probably still would have said Winnie Houston, actually, because I want to dance with somebody. I don't know if it's the same mm-hmm. in the US. That's in every single gay club in the UK. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They be playing that at, at all the US clubs, too, let me tell you. I, it's such a wonderful song, too. It's just... I don't know. I definitely agree. That's the same with the Spice Girls. Like, the two dated each other for years. And then oh. they had to break up because of the fame and stuff. But people never acknowledged them as a couple, even though they were very, like, you know, blatantly together. So it's just interesting how yeah. we just don't know about some of the stuff, you know? And I think a lot of people are still in denial and they won't accept yeah. it. I'm like, this is a film made by Whitney Houston's family. Like, mm-hmm. come on. And also, um, ah, her name escapes me, but the person who Whitney was dating for a long time is still alive today, still does interviews today. and can attest to mm-hmm. it as well. Um, and so, yeah, I was just like, Whitney Houston is like a massive queer icon. Uh, my mm-hmm. last one for this one was Saucy Santana. I don't know. Oh, do you know Slay. Because <sighs> Let me check. Saucy Santana, he did the Material Girl, uh, Walk Him Like a Dog, all of those. Um, oh, I know this person. <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh, they are fucking fabulous. The reason I love them so much is that they're kind of as like a very feminine gay man in the rap industry and mm-hmm. also doing really well. That's like, to me, that's just everything. Uh, yeah. Such a rap industry and the queer community haven't really like, bump heads a lot, to be honest, even though there's mm-hmm. a lot of overlaps with a lot of people in there, but to just be like, so out there, so queer in that industry, I was like, okay, that's an icon. It's like a more of an up and coming icon, but I think yeah. in like, Become as they get bigger and bigger, it's just gonna expand. And they're also really funny as well. Really, really funny. Yeah, that's those are all good ones. Um, so for me, I'll just do my musical ones. It was so hard to make this list too because I was like getting towards the end. I was like, no, I haven't put any musical people in here. Like, so I'll just tack on mine. Um, girl in red who I feel like it's just enough said, like everybody, there was like a thing, I feel like during 2020 where it was like, oh, does she listen to Girl in Red? I think she's one of the first like contemporary, like lesbian artists that really like blew up. Um, And I don't know, their music I love and just, it's really impacted me. I feel like girls, that song Girls by Girl in Red, I've just listened to so much, I can't listen to it anymore. Um, I'll listen to it occasionally, but I mean, <laughs> enough said. Uh, Boy Genius, I think also like enough said, okay. like they're just awesome. Um, it's like Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker. They're like queer friends and they just like, they're very intimate with each other. Like they kiss sometimes and they have a whole album about just like friendship and queer friendship. and. I really love in our community how I feel like while we do prioritize romantic love, I really like platonic love and how I just, you know, like found family, I think is a really big thing in the queer community. And it just, I just, it really means a lot to like have that be represented. And then of course, Muna, one of my favorite bands ever. They open for Taylor Swift. They're all so fucking hot and they're all gay and so cliche, oh. but like they've dated each other. And oh, like, I, I, yeah, they're just so awesome. And they've opened for Taylor Swift. And um, I feel like they're becoming a little bit more mainstream now. 
Um, but it's so funny. My like 14 year old cousin saw Taylor Swift and Muna open for them. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, did you like Muna? And she was like, oh, like, I don't know. She was like, they were kind of weird. And I was like, girl, please. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so those are my musical ones. So um, I love that. I love that. Um, the next one I went on to was like film actresses, actors, and I only had one for this one because mm. it was the first one that came to mind because I feel like um, there's so many I could list for this category. But I went with uh, Dominique Jackson, who plays Electra in Pose. My on my list too. Oh really? Yeah. Icon, mm-hmm. icon. I mean, yeah. Um, I know they do a lot of stuff. I mainly know them from uh, Pose and just mm-hmm. like very sort of Instagram. Oh, and also modeling. They were also in Ballroom. Their name was Tyra, Tyra something. They yeah. Barcelona in Ballroom. So that's how I know about them. But I just think, again, so stunning, killing the acting game at the minute. Um, yeah. yeah. And, oh, the character Electra was just, oh, it was like probably one of my like favorite characters on like TV probably just period to be honest because I don't think yeah. it's just like like they they started off as a bit as like a villain like very very like reading everyone down and like you know someone you didn't want to mess with but then you learn more about their story kind of growing up trans and th- growing up in their household which was mainly like yeah. conservative and you see them kind of get kicked out and kind of where they come from and why they are like how they are today or how they carry themselves today is because of their background and everything's explained and is honestly oh like I love mm. I just I, don't, I love it and I saw um Dominique Jackson did a like a makeup video with Patrick Starr as well and oh like, really yeah and like I think a lot of people saw the kind of Electra character and assume that Dominique and see them in the ballrooms and stuff and just mm-hmm. assume that maybe she was just like a bitch but she's not <laughs> actually really really nice and like yeah really really down to earth now if i look like that i would be a bitch because i would be like i would be oh, yeah. everyone if i had the privilege of that face and that body oh i would be nasty but she's so so like down to earth and yeah i just i love her i think i'm just repeating myself now because i just think she's such an icon yeah she's also done like a lot of uh nonprofit work as well yeah she's worked with nonprofit organizations such as destination tomorrow in the bronx that provides outreach and services to the lgbtq plus community and i think that's really cool when like obviously it's fun to have icons that are just you know iconic but it's cool like when we have somebody like dominique who really does like has been through so much and also like gives back to their community i think that's really awesome and yeah they just fucking serve like they literally like that one scene in pose where they have that like dinner and those like white women and she and she goes up to them and she just fucking reads them it's so yeah it's so iconic it's insane it's insane so she's perfection honestly perfection and I think as well, there was a petition to get Dominique Jackson to play, mm-hmm. uh, was it Storm or play like a Marvel character? <gasps> Storm <laughs> would have been so good. Yeah, thousands and thousands of people signed it because they're like, we need to see this. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I think I haven't watched American Horror Story in, I think the last one I watched was Coven, which was like season two or three. But I yeah. feel Dominique Jackson is in American Horror Story or is going to be in American Horror Story? Oh, fucking slay. But I haven't watched it in so long. I need to get back into it, but it's been like five years since I've watched it. But um, I think she's going to be in that, which is iconic. Iconic. Um, wow. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. she has been in it. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. She is in it. Wait. Mm. Yeah, it looks like it. I don't know. I hate when you Google something and it doesn't give you an answer right away. It's like, this is your job. Like, you're supposed to give me the answer. Um, amazing choice. Amazing choice. So, I next, my last two categories is Trailblazer mm-hmm. and then, like, the future. Fucking so, slime. Um, and I think Saucy Santana can kind of be in the future because they're kind of just getting started. But for mm-hmm. Trailblazers, I, of course, went with RuPaul. Um, I think RuPaul, you can 
report you can see kind of their beginnings on youtube mm-hmm. you can see when they'll walk around new york city with like an outfit made of like toilet paper and then you can see where they're at now like countless emmys um yeah. on tv like crazy drag races all over the world there's like uk argentina australia uh, i don't even know where else philippines thailand um and so like the work that kind of rupaul put into kind of now like at the beginning to now and the kind mm-hmm. of voices of queer people that have been heard because of the work rupaul has put in kind of drag race as a whole getting loads of different like um queer people like myself into drag like yeah I, don't know, I think they've just done so much there's endless things that they've done or the effect that drag race has had um that i just think yeah of course has to be a trailblazer the mm-hmm. other one i put uh a bit less well known uh was a lady called pearl alcock i think that's her name oh. i don't know she's um well she was a lady who moved from jamaica to the uk uh mm-hmm. she moved to london and she um I think she left her husband in Jamaica and came to the UK. I'm not sure the reasons why, but um, she was a bisexual lady who noticed mm-hmm. that in kind of London, because this was the 70s, just to add context, there wasn't really any queer venues or anything. So she kind of turned her flat into like a queer bar. Wow. wow. Uh, for like black queer people. Um, and I don't think she's really spoken about enough. Um, mm. I think kind of went viral on TikTok not long ago, someone talking about Pearl Alcock, but... Um, yeah, she created her own kind of like queer venue because she noticed in the 70s there wasn't a safe space, particularly for mm. black queer people. Um, and so, yeah, I think that would definitely be. I mean, there's so many trailblazers that you can mention, though. So many, so many. But Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. But like those two, Ripple and Pearl Alcock, are like the two, when I think of trailblazers, who I think of. Um, so, yeah. I, I think those are amazing trailblazers. I also have RuPaul on my list too. Cause like, like, I mean, just enough, literally I have as a no, I said enough said, like, obviously, you know, they're not perfect. I think that's with a lot of queer icons. Like obviously they make mistakes and they do stuff, but I think like you said, they've done so much for the community and I think they're so important. Um, so I guess for me, I'll do my two writers. So Audrey Lord like fucking of course like just a lesbian writer i i feel like she's blown up in terms of like our contemporary like audience um with just like all of her work and stuff and i i think she's just really important writer and i think she's just really important to like the queer community as well and then my other writer i had was i found out about through that book i read the lesbian love story um her name is Ruth Fuller Field, but she went by Mary Castle, which was her pen name. And she was an American writer known for writing The Stone Wall, which was the first known autobiography of a lesbian woman in the United States. And people oh. think that like her name of her book inspired the bar, The Stone Wall. Oh, iconic. That's so yeah. iconic. I did not know that. Wow. It's so right. I didn't know that either. And it's so cool. And like it's not like proved, but I, I think, you know, it you know, we can maybe infer. Um and and too, it's so sad because like and the author I interviewed who did this book told this too that um she thought she was the only lesbian. Like she didn't know that other people thought liked her because it was back in the day. Like this was I think back in the 16, 1700s and, or 1800s, excuse me. And it's just like, it's just, it's just sad, but it's also like, and then she found other people like her, but it's just crazy to think that, you know, we've come so far and I just love me some lesbians. What can I say? (laughs) They're just my icons. They're my icons. So next I went on to future. Mm -hmm. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> this is quite funny actually yeah but I went with um I don't know what their name is kind of outside of this persona but do you know Terry Joe? I fucking love Terry Joe. Terry Joe is a menace but I love it I love it um love it I think it's kind of like it's like a character I guess it's kind of drag to be honest but they, I would say it's they, drag yeah they go live I think their TikTok user is like psychotic. Keelon, Keelon, I think his name is. I think his name's Keelon. Um, yeah. Outside of the Terry Joe persona, but I mean, multiple personas. There's Terry Joe, who is like 
a country conservative is so funny so funny and then there's um oh my god there's like the the beverly hills paris hilton character oh i cannot remember but it's like the second most popular character um who's like the terrible. which one? Oh, oh the other one they do where they're like kind of like an e-girl yeah i think it's like a paris hilton kind of thing that they try and get inspired by um oh what is the name i can't remember the name and then they have like they have loads of different characters um mm. but they have like millions and millions and millions of followers on tiktok yeah which is crazy because outside of their persona um they are queer uh Elon identifies as a gay male mm-hmm. um but like yeah they just it's so funny and what i love the most about it Um, not terrorizing straight people, but like they will terrorize <laughs> straight people because they will go in spaces that like any other queer person may feel uncomfortable or feel not yeah. welcome, and just tear it up, tear it up, and it's so funny. It's so funny um, how they just kind of get into character and just put themselves in these really funny situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're one of like the most viewed like TikTok live people I think in the US or something. Wow, like that. that's um, awesome. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, and also that humor really reminds me of a lot of um, UK shows that I grew up with, like sketch shows. Mm-hmm. Where, I love um, sketch shows. Yeah, people would, and like mockumentaries kind of, like dress up as these characters and like, it just reminds me of that as well, which I think is just iconic. I can see them having like a Netflix like sketch show of these characters. I can see them like, they were in, oh, they were in something. They were in like a really like famous ad, I think. And I think they were in a music video yeah. as well recently. So they're just getting oh. bigger. Like mainstream, like pop music and like all these ads that, I don't know, it's crazy. And um, yeah, I kind of see them as kind of like the future. I mean, there's a lot. Mm. I was thinking also like Jojo Siwa as well. Yeah. I feel like Jojo Siwa um, is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger because um. I don't know. I said this ages and ages ago. I was like, Jojo Siwa is going to be the new Miley Cyrus. I just see it. I see it. I yeah. see them like just coming out with more and more music, and then like, it's. I don't think Jojo's music at the minute is like the most popular, but for mm. some reason, I still see like a Miley Cyrus trajectory for Jojo Siwa. Oh, for sure. I'm like predicting it, um, especially because there was that time, and I don't know if it's still happening now. It doesn't really happen here as much, but Jojo Siwa. Uh, in like the stores and stuff used to have like you could get Jojo Siwa like the little bows yes toys, like all the merchandise bows. yeah I don't know if it's as big anymore in the US it's, I don't really see it here anymore Um, but I just I don't know I just have a vision I don't know why I feel like yeah. that's a real bit that Jojo Siwa is going to be like the next huge thing I think that's really cool too to see like oh like Kit Connor, who is in Heartstopper. Like, um, yeah, yeah, he unfortunately, you know, was like outed kind of, but I can totally see him and the other cast of the Heartstopper being like future, like, I would say they're kind of icons already. Those were good icons. Um, I guess for the rest of my list, I have Catherine Moaning, 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 who was Shane from the L Word. Um, I I just. Um, I've, it's, I'm actually like a fake lesbian. I've never seen like a full episode. Um, (laughs) gonna be so real, but I, I have the biggest crush on them. And I think it's so cool that like, while the show has its issues for fucking sure, I think it's really cool that like, you know, we have like a mask, like kind of butch lesbian who Mm -hmm. was just playing this character on this show and just being visible and stuff. And I don't know. I remember like watching clips of the L word when I was still kind of figuring out who I was in high school and middle school. And I, and just so it's just, it's just really cool. Um, other people on my list, Billy Porter, a fucking course, like truly an icon. Like I remember during, I was with my college friends in my friend Claire's apartment and we were all talking about the Met Gala and billy porter came in with their like tuxedo dress and i feel like that was the first time i had seen like somebody who you know male presenting i guess wear like a very feminine also masculine outfit and it was like wow it was it was like one of my first times where i was like experiencing like gender presented differently in like the media i'd say and it was just really like really stuck with me i was like wow that's like 
cool that like they can wear that. And so, and Billy Porter's just iconic in the ballroom scene and is also on Pose. Yeah. I just think that's really cool. Um, let's Love see. Billy Porter. Because I so also cool. Billy Porter as well. They mm-hmm. like, they have a platform and a voice and they use it to the nth degree. Yeah. Any mm-hmm. inequalities, anything, uh, they will speak up about it on social media. They recently did an interview in the UK actually about the strike. Um, mm. So yeah, they... Honestly, I love it when queer people also use their voice and their platform. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Billy Paul was amazing. And that tuxedo outfit, I really want that remade because it's... It's so iconic. good it's so good um so they're on my list and then i have trixie and katya as like one entity mm-hmm. because i just feel like i can't separate them i know that they're their own people but like i just they're so funny and i feel like they they're just so and i like that they're friends too and obviously friends like that have like a very professional relationship, but I just, they're so funny. And I feel like I've had my own friendships like bonded with people because of them. Like my, my, my two straight friends, Jasmine and Davida love Trixie and Katya. So me and Jasmine particularly will send clips of them back and forth to each other. And they just make me laugh. They're so fucking funny. Um, and I just, I just love them so much. Um, and that's pretty. Yeah, they are. Yeah. The thing is, as well, is um, I have a niece who is 14, but she, she doesn't really watch Drag Race. She's not really into it. She loves the I do mm-hmm. drag, like, no judgment or anything. But mm-hmm. she knows Trixie somehow. Wow. But knows Trixie just from, like, school and, like, peers and stuff. Um, and he's a massive fan of Trixie. And I'm like, damn. Like, they are, like, mainstream, basically, now. Like, mm-hmm. because they had their own show. I think it was on Viceland. Um Trixie has another show about a motel that she renovated on some other network. Um, mm-hmm. YouTube getting like millions of views. Their makeup brand is now like available all over the world. We can now get it in the UK, which I love. I have the blush. Oh, oh, cool. Do you like it? I haven't used any of their makeup. So I think it's a bit like, here it is. I have it right here. It's so <gasps> stunning wow. as well because when you watch Trixie's um, mm-hmm. video on them, like makeup brand and everything, they said that they have a lot of people who design toys help them with packaging mm. and stuff. And I'm like, wow. that's awesome. Because obviously Trixie's brand is like Barbie. So having mm. a makeup brand, which is like um, inspired by like toys and things like that. It's so cool. It's so cool. But it's not like kids makeup in the quality. It is really good quality um, stuff. And yeah, I feel like, well, that's like another thing going back to RuPaul as well. Like RuPaul kind of gave the platform to a lot of voices to be heard, including yeah. Trixie and Katia. And yeah, some things that kind of RuPaul has said and done, it's a bit like not something, you know, it can be quite controversial. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of undeniable to take away the voices that kind of RuPaul's yeah. given to, such as like trans people and people of color and giving the platform as well to the icon that is like Trixie and Cartier, who are now like huge. Um, yeah. Yeah. I honestly, the R um, program on WOW Presents got me through lockdown actually because i'd already seen it yeah. all anyway i had watched it all from the beginning right to the end yeah during 2020 so yeah um, yeah honestly we love that we love all the kind of queer people who are kind of exploding at the minute we love it yeah uh, well i think this is a very good list i think we had a lot of different people on there and i think it's really cool that like um I don't know. We I feel like there's just so many talented, wonderful, like really influential queer people out in the world. And I don't know. I've, I, you know, I wouldn't be where I am without visibility and the people who've come before me. And so I think it's really awesome to, you know, just talk about this and just have fun talking about like queer icons and people who are just like awesome, you know? Honestly, I think that's the thing as well. When you are like a child or a teenager or whatever age, it's always good to mm-hmm. see someone who reflects yourself or you see yourself in. Um, because I think yeah. a lot of like, when I was growing up in the UK, like a lot of the people, there was like a small amount of queer people and like a small, really small amount of like POC people mm-hmm. like on TV and stuff. But yeah. now, I mean, it's not perfect and there's still a lot of work to do, but like, the names we mentioned and other people as well like it's just getting better and yeah we love to see them 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I always have so much fun recording with you. And um, I just appreciate you so much. And I always like seeing what you're up to. So thank you again for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And this is like a queer podcast as well, which is doing really well for itself in season five. So we have to give a shout out to that. Thanks. Um, Thank you for having me. It's always, always a pleasure. Season one, three and five. Now I'll be back for all stars. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. Honestly, that's not a bad idea. Okay, Slay. Well, of course, I know it's like so out of the blue. I know I like never asked this question, but like, why are you happy to be here? Wow. Damn. <laughs> wow. Why am I happy to be here? To be honest, the reason I'm happy to be here is everything we've discussed in this episode, to be honest. Um, seeing more representation, seeing myself and more people that are kind of up and rising, but not only the people that are up and rising, but also the trailblazers and people that have been around for time. So mm-hmm. I think that's why I'm happy to be here because we're seeing queer people thrive and yeah, we love to see it. Ah, oh, fabulous. Oh, well, that's all I got for you guys. So I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.